Well, a really good morning to everybody. It's fantastic to see you all here. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name's uh, Sean. I'm part of the leadership team here, and uh, I just want to give you a, a really warm welcome. I'm excited this morning because we're going to be meeting with the living God. It's fantastic to do that, to have that opportunity. We do it together. You know, it's an opportunity to join together and worship and to uh, just to know the ministry of his Holy Spirit amongst us. Um, yeah, excited. This morning, I just want to welcome Meg, Victor, and their family this morning. Uh, Meg will be speaking to us a little later on, um, which I, I've heard Meg speak before. Brilliant. And I'm really looking forward to it. So that's going to be great. If you're a visitor, if it's your first time, uh, you are very welcome. We love having visitors. And uh, I hope you were greeted by the, the wonderful welcomers on the door. You are very, very welcome. And uh, as a church, we delight in contributions. And uh, if you have a, uh, a word, a picture, a prophecy, a... a uh, passage of scripture or you just want to pray out please come forward uh, so that everyone and speak to me and we can give you a microphone to use and uh, so everyone can hear that children it's uh, great to have you in um, you'll be in for the first three songs and then Katie will be directing you uh, downstairs parents please take your children down and sign them in I just want to start by praying before I, and then I'm going to hand over to Katie who's going to lead us in worship. Lord God, we thank you that uh, because of you, we are here. Because of your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, we are part of your family. Because you poured out your spirit into our lives, we gather together it's all because of you, Lord. You, the wonderful creator of all things, who delights in us. And Lord, we want to delight in you. We want to draw near to you this morning. We pray your Holy Spirit. Lord, have your way amongst us. Be glorified in this place. Transform lives. Break chains, Lord. Break those things that bind us. Release us into a closer a more wonderful relationship with you. Stir our hearts as we come to worship. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Good morning, everybody. If you are able and willing, can I ask you please to stand with us? Nadia's going to do some actions for the children through this first song. So children, if you want to be able to see Nadia, you're welcome to come. Join us down the front here. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing. Not against me, 
thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can sing about your goodness, that we can shout about your goodness, that we can dance in your goodness this morning. Thank you, Lord.
It's time for our children and young people to go downstairs to their groups. If you've not been with us before, if you're new here this morning, if you go exit by that back door out there in the corner, follow the crowds downstairs, and I'm sure somebody will be really willing to show you where you need to go. We're going to carry on in our time of worship this morning. We're going to sing, What Gift of Grace is Jesus, My Redeemer? Thank you. 
just uh, keep in this place of worshiping God and delighting in Him. I, I felt that God really, you know, as I said at the start, God wants to release people this morning. Jan's got a very simple word she just wanted to share around that. Morning, I hope this is relevant. Um, I can see a prison door, and most prison doors are hard and metal and heavy. And this prison door's open, and there's this tiny shaft of light coming into it. And then at the back of the prison is someone sat down, and they're really comfortable in where they are. And they think that this prison door, if they push it, it's going to be really heavy. I really got to push this door. No, 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 no. All you've got to do is that, ding, and it's open. And then just walk into that light, please. Thank you. Yeah. Lord, we, we pray. We, we, we get stuck in prisons, you know, and yet Jesus came to release us, to release the captives. And I just pray that if, if anyone here that maybe has been trapped, maybe something of the past, maybe they're com even comfortable in that prison cell and yet Jesus has made a way and he says step up and come out come to me to light in me for I have so much for you I pray release Lord on folk in this place a breaking of chains that folk would see people would see the freedom that you've bought for them Lord and delight and enjoy it the enemy, he lies. He says it's okay where you are. It's not. Let's step up and step out and walk to the light. Jesus, the light of the world. Amen.
God's presence. I feel like the Lord just wants to impart grace to some of us today. You're standing here and you're thinking, but how? But how do I do that? How do I walk through that prison door? How do I find the energy? How do I find the strength? How do I deal with those fears? And the answer is in that song we've just sung. Just receive the grace of God. It's a gift to receive. We don't have to do anything apart from receive and so I'm just going to pray for us for that and if you need this to receive this grace of God just stretch out your hands Father we love to encounter you and as we encounter you we surrender ourselves to you and we say you're Lord 
And I pray for each and every one of us here, Lord, that we would find fresh grace today, fresh delight in that saving work of Jesus, not that we can do anything but receive it. <laughs> oh, God, grace to take steps towards you, grace to enjoy your freedom, grace to know your healing and your salvation and your deliverance. Oh, God, help us, Lord. <laughs> impart grace to us now father god put it deep in our hearts that it wouldn't be about what i've got to do but oh what i've received which enables me which empowers me receive the grace of god for whatever situation you're in today whatever is on your heart and your mind receive the grace of god in christ jesus there's fresh outpouring of it for today don't run on yesterday's grace receive today's grace more of your grace, I ask, Father God, in each of our lives. We look to you for that unconditional love and mercy of God flourishing in our lives. It's not about us, it's about you. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Please take seats a moment. Sochi, could you come forward, please? That'd be great. Sochi's just got a testimony he'd love to share. As he comes forward, let's just uh, welcome him. It's always good to encourage people who have been brave and stepping out. Well done. Thank you, everyone. Um, okay, um, let me start from base. A few weeks ago, I have this couple way back in Nigeria. They're having issue among each other. And... Um, it has gotten to a point whereby the wife said she, she has had enough. She's no more interested in the marriage. So they really want to break up. And I've been trying to talk to them. I've shared several Bible verse, talk, spent hours trying to talk to them because they are very close and good friends to me. And um, three Sundays ago, while I was sitting over there, when Andrew was pre preaching about Jesus and forgiveness, and while he was preaching, Immediately, he read the Bible verse, which, um, which was, I think, from the book of Mark. I want to be sure, please. I just want to, sorry, excuse me, please. Um, sorry, please. Give me a second, please. That was from the book of Matthew 18, 21 to 35. So immediately he read the Bible verse and I heard a voice straight that was telling me, send this Bible verse. Don't, you don't need to say anything, just send it to the wife. So I obeyed. I sent the Bible verse to the wife. And after the church, after the service, I, was, I also heard a voice that find someone. The two of you should pray together, pray prayer of agreement concerning that family. So I was looking around and I saw my friend Vinny. Uh, I approached him, him and his wife. We prayed together right here for the family. And to my greatest surprise, immediately I got home, I received a text message from the wife, from the wife of my friend saying, ah, Soji, where did you get this, where did you get this word from? This word is so sharp and it has been biting deep into my heart since. I think I'm guilty. And to the glory of God, 
she developed the courage to sit down with the husband. They both talk it out, and I give God the glory. They are both happy now. And two days later, she sent me a message. Ah, it's as if my marriage is new. I'm enjoying each and every moment with my husband now. So I give God the glory for that. And it's a testimony. It's a, it's, it's a, big, it's a huge testimony to me. And I believe to every believer that even the word of God can walk anywhere. Wherever it might be preached, either being in Europe, that word can still perform miracle way back all the way in Africa. We give God the glory for that. That's fantastic. Praise God. I'm going to uh, invite Meg to come up now. And uh, yeah, as I said earlier, really looking forward to, uh, to Meg speaking. I'm just going to pray and then uh, I think Meg's going to just introduce herself a little bit. Lord, I thank you for your word. I mean, that testimony, one verse, the power of your word is incredible. And Lord, we're here this morning to, to hear from your word once again. And as Meg brings your word to us, I pray that it would indeed be sharper than a two-edged sword, that it would affect our lives and transform us and break down what the enemy has built in our lives that we might be released as your children, more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me wear my glasses so I can see you properly. <laughs> I'm in a bit of a denial that I do need my glasses. <laughs> That's much better. Good morning. Uh, my name is Meg. Officially, I'm known as Margaret Ching. I am from Welcome Church in Working, so not very far from here. Uh, my husband, Victor, and I have been uh, at Welcome Church and in Working, I, for about 14 years. Um, before then, I was in Kenya, so that, that's where we're both from. That's the place we call home. But we settled in Working. We have two children who you saw us with. Leon is 11, Ella is 7, and we also live with my niece, who recently joined us as a, uh, an international student at Bournemouth University. So, so that's us as a family. Um, when I'm not preaching, and I'm not always preaching, I only preach occasionally. <laughs> I run a small consulting business as an organizational psychologist, so we work with organizations around leadership development, coaching, equality, diversity, and inclusion. We support employees who are struggling with work and, and life and that sort of thing. So that's what I do for the rest of the time. This morning, I have uh, the pleasure to um, bring the word of God to you as part of your current series. Thank you, Karen, for inviting me. Thank you, Andrew, for just inviting me and telling me a little bit about your church. Um, so as part of your series, today we are talking about Jesus and anger. I was talking to a friend of mine last week, and I told her, no, I'm not going to be at church this Sunday because I'll be in Alton uh, preaching. And she said, what are you going to be preaching about? And I said, Jesus and anger. It's like, oh, you mean anger? And I was like, yeah, that one. <laughs> so this morning, I can't quite decide, is it anger? Is it, is it the American anger or the British anger or the Kenyan anger? So <laughs> it's that, that emotion. You know the one that I'm talking about. But I also just want to say that 
I've not been invited to preach on this topic because there's an anger issue in the church. Not at all. I've actually been told you're in a really good place as a church. Uh, you're, you're really happy and, and long may it last forever in Jesus' name. So it's, it's not that I, there's any particular issue that I am speaking to. However, I also recognize that this is a very common thing that we deal with in life. There will be people sitting here who have been on the receiving end of someone's anger and maybe it nearly destroyed your life or it, you feel like it has destroyed your life. There will be people here who live with people who are struggling to manage anger. There will be people here who will encounter anger very regularly. So this morning, I hope that the word of the Lord will bring you an encouragement and meet you where you are if you need it. Amen. So anger is a common and normal human emotion. Let's start there. Emotions are different from feelings. Feelings tend to be characterized by bodily responses. So pain, fatigue, warmth. These are feelings, right? It's your body responding to, to something. Emotions are a bit more complicated than that. They're more complex. They're, they're multifaceted. So um, they can be... There are some physiological things, the things that respond through our bodies. Can we feel warm or hot as a result of an emotion? There might also be psychological, the way you changes the way your brain is responding. There be an emotional, like a really, really strong feeling that, that come with this. Our emotions are dependent on our environment, so being in a certain place can bring some emotion to you. Just this morning, we're driving here, and, and we're playing some worship song in, in the car, and it's one of the stories I'm going to tell you this morning, and this song come up, and suddenly, although I'm over this issue, as you will see, that song brought back that emotion to me, although I'm over it, but you can be someone, something happens, that emotion is alive again. Emotions are very, very strong. They can also depend on our temperament, so your personality can make you susceptible for, to certain emotions. Your age, so toddlers and their stroppiness, that's something to do with their age. It's just normal. They will grow up and the emotions will subside. Or, or teenagers and a wide range of emotions that they experience. So our age can also determine certain emotions that we experience. So, but when we're talking about anger, we're talking about the discernible emotions, so something that people can see. How do you know someone is angry? Because they are displaying anger. It doesn't take very long for you to realize that someone is angry. We'll see some examples. And some of you might be therapists or have worked in therapy. You will know that not all the emotions, such as not all the anger that we experience is actually expressed. Some of us have learned to push these feelings really, really down. And that can also become a problem long term. A lot of unspent anger, unspoken anger can turn into something else that can actually destroy someone. Um, I, I wanted to share some statistics. We're talking about anger, so let's see. Um, <laughs> I looked at uh, that there is an association of, of anger management, which means anger is, is, is a thing, that there, if something has an association for managing it, then it is a proper problem. So the British Association of Anger Management put out these statistics quite recently. 80% of people believe that we are becoming an angrier nation. Some of you are like, no. <laughs> uh, 80% of drivers, a lot of road rage, you might have been a victim of this, or hopefully you're not the one. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff in the family, and you might notice this, people in your family just have 
anger issues. Uh, well, you know, your computer, this is a real source, tapping on that keyboard first thing in the morning. That is an example. Yet less than 15% of us actually do seek help with our anger, especially if it's repeated and it's starting to spill into other areas of our life. We see spills of anger everywhere. Endless tensions that you know in society and in our family, increasing rates of stress, broken or estranged, estranged relationships. 20% of British adults are permanently estranged from their families with no intention of ever, ever reconciling. That is anger that is being maintained and supported sorry, over time. A survey published in, uh, last year in, in February uh, by uh, the Association of Head Teachers found that 68% of pupils, so these are young people among us, reported feeling reg angry quite regularly. This is because the world is not always feeding our children messages of joy and peace and hope. And unless Jesus speaks into the lives of our children, there is a risk that we're going to get angrier than this. I don't know what angrier than this actually does. We see increased instances of divorce. Our brother has just shared this. That is an anger situation. Domestic violence, violence of all kinds. In short, I do not need to continue to say that anger is a big issue in our society, affecting people of different ages. An angry world needs Jesus. Yet we're not alone in this. We're not alone in this. The, the Bible tells us from, from generations ago that anger has always been present, as, as long as people have been present. In, in the book of Genesis, uh, Cain's anger, you know, Cain, that was one of Adam's children, the first family on earth. He murdered his brother. And we see God confronting him on his anger. And if you read from the book of, sorry, I'm going to go. Oh, not sure where I am with that. Oh, never mind. We'll come to it. <laughs> Genesis 4, 8 to 16 says, so Cain was very angry and his face fell. So I said, you can see when someone is angry, God looks at Cain and sees his face has fallen. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. It, its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Okay? The Bible God is speaking directly to Cain. Cain is angry, and God is telling him, you're angry, I understand, but you have a way out. But I can't see you dealing with this. But if you don't deal with it, this is going to turn into sin. At the moment, you're still okay. A moment later, you will not. And God tells Cain, you must rule over it. I want you to think about any anger situation that you're aware of. That is the call of God. You must rule over it. Because if you don't, it leads to what then happened in Cain's life. He murdered his brother. We see other examples of anger. So God gives us a way. And God tells Cain this because he knows Cain has the capacity and the capability to deal with his anger. But he doesn't. We see other examples. There's a man called Ahab in the book of Kings, chapter 21. He was angry with a man called Naboth. He killed Naboth. 
We see a man called Saul who was a king, constantly angry with David, wanting to kill David. God protected David. A man called Jonah pouted because he was angry with a tree. <laughs> in, in the book of Jonah 4, 9, he says, I am so angry I could die because God had pardoned Nineveh. People get angry for all sorts of things. Moses, what about Moses? One moment got angry through the tablet on the ground, broke the tablet right there before even the law of God has reached his people. Anger was, has always been present as long as God's people have been present. Yet the Bible recognizes it as a human condition, a condition that is not just possible, but also very readily accessible. Things are going to annoy us, brothers and sisters. If something has not annoyed you this week, thank God. Some, a few things have annoyed me this week. <laughs> Anger is a human condition. It aims to mimic, but very insufficiently, God's nature for justice. This is why anger is really powerful, because we are created in the image of God, and God is just. So when we see something that is not just, straight away, it goes into the core. Anger tells us that something is happening that shouldn't. It's a really normal reaction. We have it there for a reason. Yet our anger as human beings is as broken as our nature is because it departs from the design of God and into our sinful design. Whenever there has been persistent sin or injustice, the Bible refers to God's anger and God's wrath. And so as Christians, we might say, yeah, there's no problem because God gets angry too. We can say Jesus got angry too, which is true. We know that story at the temple when Jesus went and flipped the tables because people had turned his father's house into a common corrupt marketplace. Jesus cleaned it out. And that is, you can see an expression of anger. Or in the book of Mark, and I think in the Gospel of Luke as well, they tell of a story where the Pharisees are accusing Jesus of healing someone on the Sabbath. And if you read Mark's account of that, he says... He looked around at them, so at the Pharisees, the people who were uh, accusing him. He looked at them in anger, this is Jesus, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, the man that he wanted to heal, stretch out your hand. He, he stretched out his hand, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they would kill Jesus. So two examples of anger for two very different reasons. One is, how dare you break the rules, these are the Pharisees of the Sabbath, and what we think is important, we are going to kill you. Yet Jesus' anger is, how do you not see the salvation and the restoration that this man needs, that you all need? Jesus was distressed at the state and of their stubborn hearts. So as you can see, God's anger is quite different from human anger. Generally, God's anger is, I'll, I'll move a bit forward, hopefully I'll find it there. There's some differences that we see. God's anger, also known as God's divine wrath, seeks justice and righteousness. That's its main purpose. While human anger is self-serving, it seeks revenge mostly when someone has annoyed us. We want something for ourselves. God wants something for the very person who's on the wrong. God's anger is slow to provoke because God is love and love is patient. 
Human anger is quick to arouse because it lacks the patience of love. And we find this in the book of James 1.19, when James writes, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires, amen? So human anger, the outcome of your anger is not going to be righteousness unless you tap into what God is telling you. But the outcome of God's wrath is always righteousness and justice. God's anger subsides because God is love and love is greater. In Psalm 103, we find the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Any of us can claim that. I am gracious and merciful. I am slow to anger and abounding in love. It's not something that we can claim unless by the grace of God. And finally, this is where we're going to spend most of our the rest of our talk this morning. God's wrath is wrapped up in God's love and God's justice. One of the, the verses that we all know is John 3.16. It really summarizes what God's wrath has led us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. After everything, the failures of humankind that so deserved God's wrath, we did not receive God's wrath. We received God's love. Eternal love. We received the most precious gift that heaven had, Jesus when our sin had become so great and we had no capacity to make things right with God, when sin had put us behind that prison door, as our sister had said earlier, God so loved the world. He sent us Jesus. Jesus became the object of wrath, and he satisfied the wrath of God for eternity. He completely settled our accounts with God. We find this much, much earlier. God knew one day he will send us love in place for his wrath. And he gave that word to the prophet Isaiah centuries before Jesus would come. And Isaiah writes in prophesying the coming of the Messiah, said he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. We walk free. We walk free because Jesus has taken it all. Instead of the wrath of God, we get love. We get freedom. We get to walk. We get to walk. Each and every one of us, we walk. And so Jesus came in this context to bear all our iniquities. And he taught about anger. 
In Matthew chapter 5, it is called the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most popular teachings of Jesus, very, very lengthy and touches on almost everything that we need to know. And, and so it says, Matthew chapter 5, it says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, Jesus is here, he's here to satisfy, to fulfill this prophecy. He went up to the mountains and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he teaches on a number of things. And then he gets to, Matthew writes at verse 21, the author of the New International Version does not title this passage anger. It's actually titled murder. <laughs> but then if you see, Jesus is talking about anger. And I think this mirrors what we've already seen in the Old Testament, that anger is always just a couple of steps ahead of death, a couple of steps ahead of murder, unless someone has topped it. And so this, this passage is actually titled Murder. And let me read it. You have heard, so this is, this is Jesus' words. You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry, Anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, raka, which is Hebrew word for worthless, is answerable to court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. One word that we don't like modern day Christians because we don't want to use those words because Jesus uses those words and says, you are in really bad territory with this. Therefore, if you are offering, therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar, if you come to a place of worship, if you're before me talking to me, that's what it would mean to us. And there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. What have you got to do? Sit through the service? No, don't. It says, leave your gift in front of the altar and go and be reconciled to them. That's a very, very high standard. We would want to say, we would want to think about it. But do I have to? Jesus is saying, no, immediately. You leave your gift and you go and get reconciled. And number verse 25 is really key. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown in prison. So this will continue. This will continue from one thing to the next. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. What Jesus is trying to say here is Anger will continue to produce other things unless you stop it in the first instance. So what lessons can we learn very, very quickly from this? I'm going to summarize four things for us. How does this apply to us as um, Christians living in 2023 in the town of Alton? <laughs> the first thing that God would like to teach us is Jesus would like to just seek, sorry, um, if you can take me back to that slide, I've suddenly lost the plot. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I can't get it. But yeah, seek justice and righteousness, not self-righteousness and revenge. That's the one thing that Jesus would like to teach us this morning. Who is it that offers eternal, relentless justice and righteousness? It's Jesus. In our anger, we may be more focused on our self-righteousness, but not the righteousness of God. Self-righteousness calls for revenge. 
Revenge is very different from justice. Revenge is retaining the right to punish someone as you see fit, as you see proportionate to what's been done to you. While justice is more about recognizing what other laws, what other objective measures might be used to bring someone to account. Self-righteousness is about controlling the outcome for yourself. It's getting what you want out of it. While justice is about sometimes letting go, knowing that you're not the best judge and jury in your own case. That you, there might be another opinion or another view on the issue that you are judging on. When we seek justice and righteousness in the way that Jesus teaches, we can go back to the person, as Jesus says, and we can find, find a way to talk about our grievances in a way that leaves room for Jesus to work in that situation. Therefore, leaving room for justice to happen. There are no guarantees that we will always find an apology or repentance. This is the reality. But we do our part in keeping the peace according to what God says. Sometimes that means, as the saying goes, you will have to accept the apology that you will never receive. I was talking to some colleagues as I was saying earlier. Um, it brought back memories of one of the most humiliating and probably angry points in my life. At the beginning of my career as an organizational psychologist, I changed careers, long story. But my first job as a psychologist happened at a time when I'd been in what I call career wilderness, just hitting my head against wall after wall. And then finally I have this breakthrough. I get my first job and I'm really excited and I've told everyone and it's all wonderful. It's all gonna be wonderful after this. Well, two weeks later, one afternoon, I'm called into the chairman's office and I was fired. <laughs> just like that, and I asked what, why, I said, well, we just don't think you will fit in here. I mean, they should have known if, if that was a problem. I was the only female in that team. I was the only person of color in that team. I was the only person from like an ordinary background in that team. So I thought they already knew all that. I was also the only Christian in a highly secular environment where I, even within two weeks, I had had to say something because what was being said about Christian was just so extreme. Two weeks later, I was fired. I just remember being angry as I entered my car. But I'm pleased to say, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Years later, I can agree with the book of Romans 8.28. God works for good of those, uh, God works for those, God's work for the, works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That is my testament. I'll tell you a little bit more about this shortly. <laughs> and, and you can learn, this is about leaving that room for God to work. Romans 12, 18 to 19 adds to it, says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. If you know someone who will repay, whose job it is to avenge you, why would you want to fight all the time? Knowing that sometimes you fight all you want, but you will not win. The Bible is very clear. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is not me saying that if someone wrongs you, you cannot 
take them to court or what I'm saying, lean into what God is telling you. That is the only way. Whatever path you choose after that will not be out of anger, but will be driven with justice, God's way. And I pray this morning, if you are going through a season of hurt, if you feel like your hopes and dreams have been crushed, if you've been on the receiving end of someone's anger, that God will speak to you and encourage you and say, turn these emotions fully to me. Let me heal you. Let me make good out of a bad situation. The second one I'd say, put a timer on it. It is what Jesus is saying in, in, in that book. And we, we did see earlier pop up on the screen. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. This verse paraphrases what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 5. Settle matters quickly. That's it. Settle matters quickly. There's a timer. When anger starts, tick, 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 tick. By sunset, it should be settled. Settle matters quickly. Do not let things fester because anger, just like love, is a productive force. It multiplies like a virus. And the more it multiplies, the more it will destroy. You know, in that story I was telling you, that's what Jesus said to me. Go back and sort this out. So fired on a Thursday, Friday morning, I called back and I said, I'd like to come back and talk to you and understand what happened. And, and they did let me come in the following week and I just remembered being surrounded by such a sense of peace. All I wanted to know was, did I do something really bad that warranted this situation? And I was told, actually, no. Whatever happened should have happened. Somebody just changed your, their minds about you being here and um, you can come back. <laughs> and so I did go back. I didn't have many options in my life at that time. So I did go back. And that was the most difficult point. Because it's when you now know that someone has done you such wrong for absolutely no reason. And you've got to put a brave face. And you've got to go work with these same people every day. And I think that's where God really wanted to teach me how to deal with my anger. I prayed every single morning, worshipped every single morning, going into that place. And looking back, I can see that if I hadn't been fired from that job, I wouldn't be on the path that I am on now. I wouldn't be serving. So it, it was for the greater good. But in that moment, all you can think of is the pain and the injustice. And if you do not seek God in moments like that, you can keep that in your heart and it can destroy you. And sometimes when I speak on issues like this, people come up to me and say, you know, I have this issue in my life, this anger that I've kept, and I, how am I to deal with it? The person is dead or is inaccessible. And, and I'm still angry. And I always say, let's pray over it. Not everything that has happened in your life you can go back and correct and you know, go and sort it out. Sometimes it's dangerous to do so or impractical. But we can pray with you and Jesus can melt it away and give you the peace and give you the closure and help you to move on. The third point, pour love over it. Human anger is devoid of love, but God's anger is out of love. We find that in Ezekiel 33:11. God says to the prophet, say to them, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. That's how love works. A really good step when you're dealing with anger is to pray for the person. That moves you a step away from the anger and towards healing, towards Jesus. Just pray. I love a quote from Joyce Meyer that says, send prayer to the enemy and send pain to God. Amen? Send your prayer to the enemy and send your pain 
to God. And that's where you find that you're starting to move closer to God and away from the pain. So pour love over it. That's what love does. Love sends prayer to the enemy and pain to God. And finally, so I think I've run out of time. Speak peace, speak blessing. I recently listened to a talk by um, a nun called Sister Mary Agnes. Sister Mary Agnes was sent to work in a, a children's home and children with very difficult behaviors. And Sister Mary was not someone who liked working with children, even the ones who were well behaved. So it was very difficult for her to work in this environment. And while she worked there, she realized God wanted to teach her something. God wanted to, her to learn how to speak blessing and peace in very angry and broken places. And she realized the more she did this, she started to enjoy herself. She started to feel like she was even enjoying her days. And as she began to settle in this really angry and terrifying place, these children, they injured themselves, they injured others. They were difficult to keep safe. But Sister Mary started to see a breakthrough walking these children. And then one day, a new girl arrived. She described her as the worst of them all. This little girl was vicious. She was red hot angry. She screamed, she bit, she swore, she threatened. She was completely out of control. And so the day she arrived, everyone was terrified. And Sister Mary just prayed. It was about three o'clock. She said, God, I'm not going to ask for a lot with this one. I'm just saying, get us to bedtime. Bedtime was six o'clock. Let me put this child to bed safely and put the other children to bed. And that did happen. Six o'clock came and Sister Mary and her colleagues put these children to bed. And then she sat near this little girl's uh, bed to make sure she does not escape and terrorize the other children. As she sat there in a rocking chair, she was beginning to feel terrified of what would happen in the next morning. And as she put the girl to bed, she put a sign with a cross over her face and said, Jesus bless you and give you peace. Amen. And this girl, as Sister Mary was sat there next to her in a rocking chair, terrified of what will happen in the morning, this girl called out and said, Sister Mary Agnes, Sister Mary Agnes, are you still there? And Sister Mary Agnes said, yes, I am. And she said, I want to tell you something. And it was a very different voice from the voice she dealt with during the day. And she, this girl said to Sister Mary, tonight, is my first safe night ever. And with that, she rolled over and she fell asleep. And Sister Mary, for the first time, knew why she was there. The power of speaking peace and blessing to a troubled soul. So this girl woke up the next morning and went to school. And she had a very continuous morning routine. She'd go into school, she'd go into the counseling office, and she would take a, a group of dolls, she would terrorize them, yell at them. There was her favorite doll, she would tie this doll, beat it up. And when she, was, she had spent the energy, she would tell the, the counseling lady, okay, I'm done, I can go to class now. This was her routine and nobody bothered her. This morning, she went into the counseling office and she told the counseling lady, today I want to play a different game. And she was the kind of girl, if she told you she wanted to play a different game, you were terrified. And so the counseling lady said, okay. And she said, okay, today you're going to be me, and I'm going to be Sister Mary Agnes. Lie down on the, on the couch. And the counseling lady lies down on the couch, just hoping for, to stay alive. And she takes the doll's blanket, and she covers her. And then she puts a sign on the, of the cross over her head and says, the Lord bless you and give you peace. Amen. And then she stands back really proudly and says, now that is how you put someone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I 
This story reminds me of how patient Jesus is with us. He speaks peace and blessings over troubled souls. Yesterday's failures are not carried to today. If you lay them at the feet of Jesus, we can start afresh. Amen. His mercies are new every morning, no matter what you have been through. Jesus patiently sits beside us this morning like Sister Mary sat beside that bed. And he listens when we call out. So if you have an issue, if you've been at the receiving end of anger, if anger's almost destroyed your life, imagine him sat there next to you. Amen? To keep you safe. He wants to draw a line over your head and say, I bless you. I give you peace. Amen? I heal your anger. I heal what anger has done to you. I want to be patient with you and I want you to be patient with others. And I want my spirit to encourage you. When you feel angry and unstable, there is one who sits next to your bed to keep you safe. So you can go out and be an example of your grace and say, that is the way to deal with anger. I've touched on a number of issues this morning. And might be some of you might need to respond, might need to pray about difficult situations. We're going to have time for that if, if there is. But let me pray for us. Lord, I just want to thank you for the work of the cross that has brought us here. That the wrath of God is no longer something that we need to worry about because you satisfied it. We stand here, we sit here forgiven, accepted because you have paid the price completely. And Lord, I just want to pray if there are people that need healing here this morning, there are people who are trapped behind that prison door because of things that have happened to them or things that they have done. Jesus, may you bring forgiveness and release. May you bring complete healing and freedom. Lord, may you help us if you're dealing with these situations, how to be patient with our family members and the world around us. May you bring us joy. May you bring us hope. May you bring us strength as we walk in this angry world. May we be instruments of peace and joy that reverts the anger and heals a nation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Was, uh, yeah, was good. Very, very good. And a, a great challenge. Um, I'd, I'd still like to invite the band back up. Um, I, feel, I, f I woke up this morning with a song, and I think it just fits so well. I want to speak the name of Jesus. And I, I just want us to sing this song as a prayer, as a declaration of God in our lives. And... Uh, if you, while you're singing this, just feel uh, you want to do further business with God, you want to you know, seek out folk to pray for you, I, I just invite you to come down to the, the corner down here and uh, I'd like just ask a few folk to make the, who look, are willing to pray just to make your way down there as well. And we'll just have some ministry time down there. But this song, I think, is a declaration of who God is, what he's done for us. Unless seek his transformation in our lives you know we jesus died that we would be set free not just from one or two things but every work of the enemy so let's uh, yeah sing 
pray, and if you'd like ministry, please do come down to the front. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. If you're able, if you're willing, if you would like to, I'd love to invite you to stand with us. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know
Jesus over this nation. Lord, come and break through in our lives. Release us. Those chains broken, chains that have been left for so long, maybe even chains we don't even know that are there. Come break all that binds us, Lord. Bring a releasing on us as a church, as your people, Lord healing, transformation. You did it all, all at the cross. The enemy broken, sin defeated. We delight in you, Lord. You are so wonderful. Oh, such a wonderful, wonderful Savior. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, come and minister to each one of us. Even where we're at now, even as this meeting is drawing to a close, speak into our hearts, prod us, poke us, encourage us to continue to press in on this, to deal with these issues in our lives, whether it's anger, whether it's things that people have said to us or things that we have said in anger. I pray, would you deal with them, Lord? Send us out as your ambassadors to share the love that you have shown to us, Lord. Amen. Well, we're just drawing to a close now, but I would say please do come. There's folk down here that would love to pray for you. Come and uh, deal with anything that the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart at the moment. So just a, a couple of quick things as we finish. Uh, there will be refreshments through the door in the cafe area in a moment. But uh, a reminder, next Sunday is our celebration Sunday for God's faithfulness. We're coming together to remember all that God's been doing over the last uh, years and how he's, uh, yeah, his faithfulness to us. We'll be having a, a celebration lunch afterwards. Uh, this isn't quite the same as we normally have, so you don't need to bring anything uh, it will be provided just a simple uh, lunch, so please do come along to that. As I said earlier, we do love guests, and if you are uh, new to us, I hope you were given a welcome pack uh, by uh, as you came in. Please do fill out uh, the Connect card in that and put it in the 
little box over there. If you didn't get a welcome pack, please do pick one up from the table over there. Um, see our weekly update for all coming, upcoming events, and parents, please do uh, collect your children and apologise for our being slightly late. Thank you. <laughs>